This is Susan B. Brock, Telluride Inside and Out, today talking with Dr. Ellen Softy, a world-renowned internist and gastroenterologist with encyclopedic knowledge of mind-body wellness and preventative medicine. This winter, and again this summer, in Telluride at the Peaks Resort and Spa, Dr. Allen will lead wellness retreats using evidence-based scientific approach to health and longevity. Stay tuned for the dates or call 1-877-448-5416 for further information. This week, Dr. Allen addresses some of the best ways to feed your brain, like brain-healthy nutrients such as vitamin K, lutein, folate, and beta-carotene. Dr. Allen, thanks so much for joining me once again. Thank you very much, and I think this is an extremely important topic. Okay, let's really begin at the beginning. Let's talk basics about the brain. What is it, and how does it function? Um, our brain is a fascinating unit. It can think of, you know, if you're looking at the central computer or CPU of our body, it's the brain. The brain tells our muscles what to do. It helps with our gastrointestinal tract, our heart. Um, our brain is the central processing unit of our body. And the part that deals with different things within our brain, the hippocampus, uh, is extremely important for memory uh, that we have. It's important for verbal communication. And the most important part of our brain is how do the cells talk to each other? As we get older, sometimes these cells don't talk to each other quite as well as they should. Um, this hippocampus, the verbal memory and learning areas of our brain are not functioning as well as they should. Um, so we have, you know, the central processing unit is not working as well as it should. So we have to support that. We have to support it with the exercises we do and the foods that we eat. Okay. And how exactly does the brain work? I know that's a giant question, but how do those 100 billion nerve cells or neurons and the 1 trillion supported supporting cells which stabilize the tissue, how do they interact? I'm, and I realize this can't realistically be summed up in a sound bite, but give it a whirl. Well, yeah, I mean, probably couldn't be realistically summed up in an entire textbook, but I think it's a great question. Um, you mentioned the number of cells. There's a tremendous amount of cells, but let's just look at a cell-to-cell -cell interaction. It's how these cells bind to and talk to the cells next to them. So as these electrical impulses go, they're transmitted down a neuron. And the better these cells talk to each other, the better we are. As we, In people that develop dementia, there'll be empty spaces in the brain. The cells can't talk to each other as well. It can't remember things as well. When you look at an MRI of somebody's head with dementia, especially with advanced Alzheimer's, there's a lot of actual empty space where these cells used to be. So it's developing new cells are extremely important, which exercise can help with. Uh, foods may be able to help with. Um, and helping have those cells communicate with each other so they can communicate with the rest of the body. So just think of the, these cells have to have a language or the ability to communicate from cell to cell to pass these impulses down to the rest of our body. Okay. Now let's talk about the microbiome and the mind-body relationship. Would you consider, you have actually said that you consider the gut as kind of second brain. So 
in talking about foods for the brain, we're also talking about the mind-body relationship and foods that would nourish the microbiome. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're absolutely correct. And unfortunately, a lot of physicians don't dwell enough on this, that the foods that we're eating support the microbiome. The microbiome are the 90% of the cells in our body that are these bacterial cells that live on our skin, live on our GI tract, uh, that are extremely important for what we do. We mentioned previously that when you use an antibacterial mouthwash, there's a chance it may block, like getting rid of some of these good bacteria may block some of the blood pressure lowering that we see after exercise. So this microbiome, we need to feed it these good, healthy substances. The microbiome is not only something that is very important, but it secretes different things that may be linked to Parkinson's disease. Um, There's other preliminary studies looking at the microbiome um, with other neurologic diseases, um, ALS even. So, you know, it's something, it's preliminary. We need to understand which bacteria do what, and we're at the infancy of these studies. But that second brain or gastrointestinal tract with these very, you know, for the most part beneficial bacteria, but some of them are bad, uh, are extremely important. Okay, now let's look at some specific foods. The names of these foods are are some you've shared with me, some I found just researching brain and brain health. I'm what I think I'm interested in learning, I think our listeners will be interested in learning, is why these foods. So the list includes dark leafy greens such as kale and chard and collards, um, spices such as turmeric, almonds, eggs, dark berries, particularly purple, flax and chia, pumpkin seeds, mushrooms, tea and coffee, uh, walnuts, and fatty fish. Why, I mean, that's a disparate list of foods. Why are they collectively so good for the brain? Um, first of all, I have to apologize if you hear my dog barking in the background, but, um, <laughs> which is good for the bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract also. Uh, you know, pets are extremely good for that. Um, but so let's just look at some of these that you mentioned before. Um, most of these have um, bacteria have substances that support our bacteria. Um, they have soluble and insoluble fibers that are within there, and they help our bacteria grow. The good bacteria grow. Berries have those fibers, but it also has anthocyanins, that pigment within have powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, and those are significantly beneficial um, in regards to supporting not just our brain. Uh, We did a study with blueberries that showed people that ate blueberries actually had improvements in neurocognitive function, but it also decreased heart disease. So fish, extremely important, or the other things you didn't mention, I'm a vegetarian, as you know, So I take in a lot of alpha-linucleic acid, um, which occurs from chia seeds, flax seeds, a lot of things in the vegetable kingdom. Uh, And that's converted to the omega-3s. And those omega-3s actually help our cells communicate better. It has DHA in them. It really helps our cells. 
And not only those, but things like olive oil, for instance, contains compounds that help clean up these little tiny tangles and plaques in the brain, um, maybe slowing disease progression. So these are extremely important foods. And one of the ones that I really like the best is cocoa, but not chocolate in the form of milk chocolate. I mean, cocoa is significantly beneficial. Uh, as you mentioned, turmeric is beneficial to the brain. Cocoa beans are top source of flavonoid antioxidants and not only have heart health benefits, but for the brain. And these flavonoids found in cocoa can accumulate in the brain, particularly in regions that deal with learning and memory, and can prevent some of the damage. So you may want to you know, sprinkle a little bit of cocoa powder under your yogurt or you know, put some on the top of a few banana slices or put it in your healthy smoothie. But if you're eating chocolate, make sure it is dark chocolate. Um, stay away from the milk chocolates. Um, Dr. Allen, this is a long list, um, and I'm sure the list goes on. <clears throat> if I am looking for foods that are specifically healthy for my first and second brain, my brain and my gut brain, where can I find those resources? Um, you know, first of all, you know, think of most of these, you know, most of us have to realize it's the ultra processed foods that are probably the most dangerous to us. Um, you know, you don't, there's a lot of strange books out there. Um, and you know, you want to stay away from these ultra processed foods. You know, tea is good. Coffee is good. Coffee is the number one consumed antioxidant that we have. I hate for people to pick up a book because the time it comes into press, if it's not a well-written book, um, a lot of it's misinformation. I mean, the information is, you know, outdated. Um, you know, make sure that the foods are whole foods and a lot of plant-based foods. So fish and plant-based foods probably are some of the best things that people can consume. You know, you don't want the pro- pro-inflammatory diet which has been associated with obesity and associated with a lot of other problems that we have. And a pro-inflammatory diet is almost the opposite of the Mediterranean diet. So if one wants to look up a Mediterranean diet uh, or the new Norwegian diet, I think those are really good diets that one can follow. I typically follow a Mediterranean diet. Um, But these highly processed foods, you know, what I consider ultra-processed foods, increased risk not just for your gastrointestinal tract and your second brain, but they may even lead to an increase in cancer. Uh, And they also have an increase in absorbable calories. So more of the take-home point is, you know, don't have the highly processed, ultra-processed foods um, and stick with fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, brightly colored things um, are really important. And if you're going to have an apple, that's fine. But don't have apple juice. You're getting rid of most of the beneficial phytochemicals when you take that skin off of the apple. If you're going to have orange, eat the orange. You know, don't just limit yourself to the orange juice. So, and all of those things that I mentioned, apple has a tremendous amount of bacteria when you're eating the whole apple that help the microbiome and actually have bacteria within it itself. So... Um, I'm going to leave the listeners with a simple takeaway. Look up the Mediterranean diet or the new Nordic diet and follow that diet if you're not sure which foods to eat for brain health. Would that be fair? 
I think that's fair. And stay away from the ultra processed food. I think all of us know what those are. If you can't, if you look at the ingredient list and you don't know what the heck it is, don't eat it. I mean, you're gonna if you stick with whole fruits, vegetables, grains, ancient grains, you know, you're gonna be relatively healthy. Um, and our GI tract and the microbiome is also improved as well as our brain by exercise. Uh, so that microbiome, you know, the foods are very important, but the ex- daily exercise is extremely important also to support that second brain, the microbiome. So, you know, make sure, you know, the seeds, nuts, you know, whole oranges, all of those things can be incorporated into your diet on a regular basis. And even those that are genetically predisposed that have a high genetic risk of dementia can decrease that risk by these healthy diets. You may not get rid of it completely, but one can decrease the risk of developing dementia. Okay, thank you. This has been Susan D. Brock, tell you right inside now, talking to Dr. Alan Softy about what to eat for the brain and why. Thank you, Dr. Alan. Thanks, and I think it's an extremely important topic that we have to visit frequently. Okay, promise we will.